Hi, and welcome to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. I'm Judy, and for those of you that have been here before, welcome back. And for those of you that are brand spanking new, welcome. So excited to have you here. Selling in a Skirt is all about connection, community, and creating relationships. It's all about empowering professional women and encouraging men to become champions for and with women. What I love most about this is the incredible women and men that I get to meet and I get to interview, and today is no different. So let's get started. My great pleasure, true pleasure, to introduce you to Christopher Plumley. He is the co-founder and president of Elevate Strategy Group, and he has been recruiting, training, and developing leaders, high-performance sales teams for over 25 years. His energy, interpersonal skills, and innovative entrepreneurial leadership style has elevated other teams to go to new heights. But I'm going to let Christopher tell you a little bit about himself and why he does what he does and how much he loves it. So welcome, Christopher. I am super excited to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's certainly a privilege and a pleasure to be here. A little bit about my career. Uh, I've been selling, as you said, for 25 years in corporate America. Worked for some of the finest corporations on the planet. Organizations like Kodak, Dell, Staples, Hewlett Packard. And my team's typically called on the Fortune 1000 accounts across North America. And so I did that for 25 years. Uh, we were very fortunate. We had tremendous success. But about 10 years ago, kind of got fed up with corporate America, the bureaucracy, the red tape. I remember vividly my last year, I kind of did a time in motion study, and I was spending about 62% of my time uh, doing the pre-planning for a big meeting, <laughs> in a big meeting, or doing the post-mortem on the big meeting. <laughs> and what I found, Judy, is I went higher up in the org chart, I got further and further away from the client. And that was truly my passion, was being out in the field, uh, helping clients solve business problems. And so uh, 10 years ago, we started Elevate Strategy Group. And today we work with Fortune 500 companies like Coke, Aramark, Danone, uh, Dart, locally is a big client of ours. Mm -hmm. And we work with them on all aspects of the leadership continuum. So leadership, motivation, inspiration. And what we find typically is uh, teams don't always feel connected to the mission. Right. And they don't always have a great relationship. And there's not a lot of trust with the leadership. And so it's really hard to optimize your success if you don't have that trust and you don't and you feel disconnected from the mission. Yeah, that is very difficult. What is it that you love about what you do? Because you are you're very successful and sometimes, you know, there's that that separation. Yeah, I'm successful, but I don't really love what I'm doing. But you truly love it and you can feel it and you can hear it. So what do you love about that? What I really love about it is the fact that I'm able to go in and help the clients and partner with folks that I really want to partner with. And the great thing about it is when we see that success, that light bulb goes on for the leaders that we work with, that, hey, there is a better way to do this. And if I can engage and connect with my team in a meaningful way, then they will, you'll see the performance go up and then the profits will soar. So the fact that 98% uh, of the clients that I work with, I've known for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So the great thing for me, Judy, is uh, in 10 years of owning the company, I've never had to sell anybody. Typically when people call me, they already fundamentally know that we can help them. It just becomes a function of what does that look like for their organization and what's the investment for us to partner with them. But uh, after selling for 25 years, uh, the last 10 years, I really haven't, I really haven't had to sell anything. 
And again, the biggest thing is I can work with clients that I really love working with and see that success with the, within their leadership team and how, uh, how much more connected that the employees feel to the mission after we partner with them. That's wonderful. That, that really is terrific. And, and the truth of the matter is that, you know, there are lots of different challenges today, more than there were 10 years ago. And you really focus on certain aspects, the leadership and the strategy and so on. How did that come to be? Why did you decide that was it? Was it something that you had heard that was the newest trend, or you actually heard and you built these, you know, from the relationships that you had put together? Yeah. So uh, being in corporate America for 25 years, I tell people all the time, culture is sacrosanct because culture will devour people and strategy seven days a week and mm -hmm. twice on Sunday. So if the culture is toxic, you could have brilliant people, you could have a phenomenal strategy, but you're just not gonna be successful. So um, I experienced that in my career, uh, some very toxic cultures, mm -hmm. some very poor leaders. And I said, uh, I think I can help companies in this regard because my employees always gave me the highest scores as far as leadership, communication, engagement, all those types of things. So I thought there was a real opportunity to help some of these Fortune 500 companies uh, that had leadership that was not really connecting and engaging with their team in a meaningful way. Okay. So like I said, I can feel your passion and I can hear your passion. How do you translate that to making Elevate unique? Because there's a lot of people that do what you do, but it's a different kind of space that you're, you know, you're connecting in because when you go into a company, they're getting Christopher. Yes, ma'am. Okay, yes, they're getting Christopher. Great, that's wonderful. They like you, okay. But why, how do you show your passion and your purpose and make it relevant to what they're looking for? Yeah, I would say a couple things, Judy. We do a lot of homework on the front end, mm -hmm. really understanding kind of where they are, some of the challenges that they're experiencing. So none of our solutions are off the shelf. Everything is highly customizable, right. number one. Number two is I sat in training once a quarter for 25 years. Most of it was unbelievably boring. It wasn't relevant. And then everybody went back to doing the exact same thing on Monday. So we said, we're not going to do that with our clients. So what we do is we come in, we make it very engaging, very enjoyable, very fun. We've got music, uh, we're awarding prizes. And we ask our clients, you know, are you guys okay learning a ton and also having fun? They're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Right. And so uh, out of each one of our workshops, we ask our clients, okay, what are the three things that you can do differently starting tomorrow? And we follow the SMART process to make sure that, um, you know, it's specific, it's measurable, you know, yeah. the SMART process, number one. And then number two, we tell them, we're gonna follow back up with you in 30, 60, 90 day intervals to make sure you're implementing the things that you talked about. So we're not gonna allow you to sit here for three or four hours and then go back to doing exactly the same thing on Monday. And then lastly, I'll say this is, I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody came up to me after one of our workshops and said, man, I was really dreading this when they told me I was going to have to be in leadership, a teamwork, motivation workshop for four hours. But I will tell you, uh, this is my clients telling me that was the best workshop I've ever been a part of. It was fun. It was enjoyable. I learned a ton. I really enjoyed my time with you guys today. And we had one of our biggest clients, Coke. They asked me to do a workshop on safety. And they said, Christopher, we know that your team doesn't know a ton about safety, but the way you present, it's so engaging and our team enjoys it so much. We know that you can go out and learn safety. We'd rather have you guys come in and do that workshop as opposed to somebody that really has tremendous intellectual capital on safety, but that's going to come in and bore us profusely. Right. So that's really been gratifying to us to have clients come back to us and say, hey, we want to give you more opportunities on things uh, to come in and partner with us. 
Yeah. I love when people ask me to do things that are not necessarily in my wheelhouse, but when they get, <laughs> when they get to technology, I'm like, yeah, no, let, right. me, let me find somebody else. Exactly. Here's a question for you. Do mm. you ask for feedback from your clients and do you like go through it and address it directly with them and say, okay, so what you said to me last time was that this kind of was okay, not a hundred percent. We weren't really sure about it. And do you like take care of it right away and then change whatever you did? Honestly, um, I, I think our feedback be becomes more organic um, and, and clients will reach out to us. And I think the proof is in the pudding. We, we, we kind of land and expand. We'll go in and we'll do a workshop. Then they'll ask us to do other workshops. Other people within the organization will find out about the workshop around leadership, teamwork, motivation, communication, whatever it is. Right. Then they'll ask us to come in. So uh, that's kind of been more how we've done it. We don't ask for feedback directly after each workshop. Uh, the, the feedback that we get is typically more organic. But like I said, uh, we grew even through uh, the pandemic. Right. We grew 27% year over year. So I think the proof is in the pudding. I think we do a great job, and uh, certainly our clients have, uh, have amplified that. Well, I sat through one of your trainings. That's right. That's right. That was a blessing to have you in that training. And it was so much fun. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it was good. And it was very engaging and very interactive. So I do like that. Okay, we're going to shift gears just a little bit because, you yeah. know, I'm going to talk about my favorite topic, which is women. Absolutely. You know, and uh, some people say that it's a trend and some people say it's a buzzword. Mm. But the truth of the matter is it is, you know, it's not a women's issue. It's a business issue. Mm. So my question to you is, do you see the need for more qualified women in leadership? And what are your thoughts about having more women in leadership? Not just because they're women, just because they're qualified. I don't mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. want to put somebody in a position where you know, they're going to definitely fail because they have no background, they have no qualities of a leader or anything like that. So, and I know that a lot of companies are investing in their women. So mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You touched on it quite eloquently is I tell people all the time, you know, don't bring me in because we're African-American owned. That's just a bonus. Right. Bring us in because we're competent, we're capable, we're going to do amazing work for you. So that's first and foremost. You certainly have to check that box first. But what I'll tell you, as you know, because I think you sat through it, uh, our most popular workshop by far is the 10 Traits of Transformative Leadership. Right. What does that look like? What does that mean? So we take our clients through those 10 traits. And I will tell you, uh, there's several of the traits that we've seen, and certainly uh, data will bear this out, that women just typically excel in. Number one is they tend to be more innovative and more creative. Uh, number one, they find unique ways to solve problems. Number two, they tend to be better listeners. That may not be surprising to you, but the women tend to be better listeners, which is critically important from a leadership perspective. Right. And then they also uh, tend to do a much better job at pouring into their team and building their team up. And that's critically important as we talk about the inverted pyramid and servant leadership. And then lastly, we've seen over and over again, and, and certainly uh, science will bear this out, women tend to be more empathetic. Right. And especially when you're going through a global pandemic political unrest, all these difficult challenges to have a leader that's empathetic and tries to meet you where you are and kind of understand your plight and your journey is powerful. And so what we've seen is women are, are, are significantly better in those four areas. And if you look at the other six characteristics of a transformative leader, they're probably on par with, with their male counterparts. But in those four specific areas, which are absolutely critical, women tend to be much, much better. So I think if you could find a, again, qualified, qualified. capable, competent leader that's a woman, you're going to have tremendous success has been my experience. Okay, so let's go one step further. Yeah. The women that are at the highest levels, yes. I call them the lonely leader. Uh, and the reason I call them that is because they're in a position where 
they're not quite sure who they can trust. They're not quite sure who doesn't have a hidden agenda. They're not quite sure who they can be open with. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is that it's probably true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in, in my case, what I want to do is create you know, community and create um, a space for them where they feel it's confidential and they can actually have a conversation and say something to people. Have you seen that there are women that you work with that are at that point where all you want to do is just give them space to, to talk so they're heard? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we work with a lot of women leaders yeah. who are fortunate from that perspective. And we tell them you got to build out your team. You have to have a coach. You have to have a mentor. You have to have a sponsor. You have to have somebody advocating for you in the room when you're not there on your behalf. So that's critically important, number one. Number two is what we've seen is there's a lot of women's groups out there right now for executives where they can go and just have a safe place to decompress and have open, honest, candid conversations about some of the challenges that they're going through and get feedback and counsel from other women that are experiencing the exact same thing. So we've seen that the number of those women's uh, groups uh, grow over the last couple of three years, especially through COVID. And so I think that's critically important. Yeah. I think you're right. You can't be out there by yourself. You have to find people that you know, that you trust, that you respect, that are going to give you great guidance and counsel. Uh, some of it may be hard to hear and digest, right. but they'll give you the unvarnished truth to help you be successful and flourish. Yeah. We just don't want to hear, oh, that's such a cute little thing. That's a cute little initiative you want to do with it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's that's, not, that's not. It's yeah, very great. It is. Absolutely. It is. Okay. So tell me, what are some of the critical trends that you're seeing with your clients today? Some of the most critical trends, uh, obviously coming through the pandemic is the return to work policies. Right. And we have some clients that have said, hey, we are a work from office company and everybody has to come back to the office. And what we're seeing with those clients is uh, a dramatic increase in attrition. <laughs> because what we try to communicate to our clients is focus on the, the key performance indicators, focus on the KPIs. For the last two years, you guys have been very profitable. Uh, you've hit all your numbers and the people have been working from home. So why are you going to put people in two hours worth of traffic to commute just so you can see their face? Now, it's important that they come in maybe once a month or right. biweekly for meetings or whatever the case may be. Right. That's certainly justifiable. But don't say just universally, everybody's got to come back to the office because you're going to lose some high quality, some really, really good people. So that's one of the trends that we're seeing right now. Another trend that we're seeing with a lot of our clients is quiet quitting. Right. I, I know everybody's heard about that, but it's a real thing. It's not a myth. Uh, as we talk to the folks that we work with, we work with about 14 clients consistently, about 54% of their employees are quite quitting. And they're just doing just enough to get by, just enough where they're not being counseled. So that's where leadership becomes infinitely more important is to be able to connect with those folks in a meaningful way, pour back into them, be empathetic, and really try to unlock that power of them and help them be more successful. So if you can do that, you're gonna see productivity go up exponentially. And if you can even impact 25 to 30% of those folks that have basically said, I'm gonna do just enough to get by, where somebody doesn't have to come down and coach me up, right. uh, it, it will dramatically impact your environment and help your organization be much, much more successful. Are you seeing quiet firing as well? We are seeing that. Yeah. We are seeing that. We're seeing quiet firing as well. And so what we tell clients is that that's not beneficial. Right. What, what happens a lot of times is people feel like it has to be contentious or acrimonious. It doesn't. And so a lot of people avoid it just because coaching and counseling because they feel like, uh, I don't want this to be uh, confrontational. It doesn't need to be confrontational. It's right. just, hey, Susan, we've been working with you, counseling you and coaching you for the last 90 days. It can't be comfortable for you. Uh, it's certainly challenging for me as your leader. Why don't 
you and I work together and find something that's a better fit for your career growth and aspirations. Uh, I'm hopeful that's within the company, but if it's not, that's fine as well. So let me leverage my contacts and my resources to help you find something where you could optimize your success. And so I think those conversations are incredibly productive and it doesn't have to be confrontational. No, but they also have to have that language and use that kind of language as opposed to saying, you know, you really, it's just not working here. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not. <laughs> but the great thing, Judy, and, and, and you know this better than anybody, you have to have that trust. Right. If, when I come have that conversation with you, um, if, if there's not trust between us, then you're going to get an attorney, you're going to go talk to HR, then it will become contentious. So. Right. You got to, as a leader, you have to build that trust up on the front end to know that, hey, this just isn't working out. Why don't you and I work together to find you something that's a better fit for you where you're going to be happy and you're going to be allowed to flourish? Right. But you also have to be able to say that I know my people. I yes. know them. I know why they're here. I know what motivates them. I know what drives them. You have to know your people. Yes. And so many leaders do not know their people. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And what we yeah. tell people all the time is you can't fake that, right? No. We've all worked for leaders that you fundamentally understand that you're a cog in the machinery to their next promotion. They don't know your spouse's name. They don't know your kid's name. They don't know what your goals are outside of work. And quite right. candidly, they don't, they don't really care. Right. So you've got to have that relationship with your employees. And another trait, I can't give you all of them because I'd have to charge you, but another trait that, that dynamic leaders have is they take a deep personal interest in each one of their team members. Absolutely. They know their spouse's name. They know their kid's name. They know what they're trying to get accomplished with, within the organization. They know some of their personal goals at a high level. And so if you take that deep personal interest in your team, uh, they'll run through a brick wall for you. Absolutely. And so you got you can't fake that. You got to be sincere. You have to be genuine. But if you can do that, it really changes the dynamic, and you will find that your employees are infinitely more productive and more engaged. Yeah, I used to, when I was in financial services, I would have the spouse come in, male or female, didn't matter, to come in because I wanted to meet them and I wanted them to know what was in store. Because when you're in financial service, it is not you know it's it's it's. Not, a, you know, here's a survey, you're having a service as opposed to, here, take this card, this is for you, you're going to sell this. It, there's nothing there. So you have to really explain to them what's happening. The other reason I would do that is because if I would ask somebody to work on a weekend or come to a trade show or something, I wanted them to know who it was. I wanted mm -hmm. them to know that it was me that was asking, and I want you to know me so you can have you know, a conversation with me. And we had the best relationships because people trusted me and I trusted them, and I knew what to expect from them and they knew what to expect from me. And I think that that's, there's a, a missing piece there that people just don't do that anymore. And it's very sad. I think that some of the leaders are coming back to it, mm -hmm. but or maybe for the first time they're doing it, I don't know. I remember vividly, um, so for 25 years in corporate America, the teams that worked for me got three cards uh, for birthday, the anniversary of their significant other, and their anniversary of their start date with our organization. And I remember vividly uh, the first time I did that at a big company you would have heard of, uh, I got a call from a young lady and she was crying. And I thought, why are you crying? And she goes, Christopher, I've worked for this organization for 12 years, and I just got this beautiful card from you for my birthday. And I will tell you, in the 12 years that I've worked here, there's not been another leader who even knew when my birthday was or cared about my right. birthday. And the fact that I, it, was, it was a $7 card, right? But the fact that I took the time to send her a $7 card, she, she called me crying. So uh, that's sad, number one. <laughs> but right, number but two, it spoke volumes about you. Well, well yeah, for, it shows the power. Right. If you want to make that personal connection with your teammate, 
with your team. It doesn't take a ton of time, but you have to be sincere. You have to be genuine and you have to really want to make that investment in your folks. But if you do, it will dramatically change the dynamic. Yeah. So know your people. Know that, your people. That's the lesson. Know your people. Absolutely. Okay, so what's your number one piece of advice that you can share with leaders, male or female? It's easy. Uh, you know, we hear so much about servant leadership. Right. Um, but that's what we try to impart. You got to invert the pyramid. I tell every team, I told every team that ever worked for me, I'm here to optimize your success. If the 14, 16, 18 people that are sitting in this conference room today are highly successful, things will work out pretty well for me and my family, right? And so once you invert that pyramid, you, you will find that people are really engaged, they're really motivated, they're really inspired, and they will absolutely run through a wall for you in your organization. So that's critically important. We talk so much about if you really crystallize who we are and what we do, mm -hmm. and you put it into a crucible, it's the acronym LOVE. You gotta listen to your employees, you have to observe your employees, you have to value your employees, and you have to empathize. If you can do those four things on a consistent basis, uh, you're gonna be very, very successful because your team will be very, very successful. So we tell every client that we work with, if I went to your team on Friday as you're driving home, and this sounds kind of corny, I get it, but did they feel loved this week? Were they listened to? Did you observe some of the changes that are taking place within their lives? Did they feel value uplifted, edified? And did they feel like you empathize with some of the challenges that they're going through? If you can do that on a consistent basis, um, you, will, you will transform your team and your organization. And how many times do, the, do leaders that you work with have all four? Rarely, which is good <laughs> for us uh, because it gives, it gives us more business. <laughs> Because honestly, you know, we talk about the 10 traits of transformative leadership. What we've seen is there's a lot of great leaders, but over time, you kind of just settle into your routine, your rut, and do what you consistently do. And you realize, wow, you know, maybe my team doesn't understand what the goals are for this year. They don't understand where they fit into that. Maybe I don't know all the changes that are taking place within my team uh, today. Uh, maybe I really haven't listened to them because I'm, I'm ripping and running. I have so many different things going on. A lot of times when Judy's talking to me, I'm listening with one ear, but thinking about the next meeting I'm trying. So right. what we find is uh, no, no, no leader that we've worked with in 10 years raises their hand and says, man, I'm world-class in all 10. They, they're mindful of the fact they have enough self-awareness to know that I'm doing some things amazingly well. I'm world-class in some of these areas, but there's some of these other areas are very significant developmental opportunities for me. And so we work with them to craft a plan to shore up those developmental opportunities. Yeah. And it's good when somebody can actually say, I'm struggling with this. Can you, yes. you know, that's, yes. that's, I need help here. Absolutely. You know? And, and as far as women go, you know, women don't like to ask for help because it looks like a sign of weakness. And we keep saying that it is a sign of strength. If I can't do something, I want somebody that's going to, that has done it and is going to be able to help me do it. So you have to be able to ask, but then you have to be able to receive it. And Absolutely. That's the key. That's the key. That's the yes, key. Yes, yeah. yes, you yes. can ask for advice and counsel, but you have to be able to receive it and implement it and execute. That's the hard part. It, it is. It yeah, can be. That's the hard part. But I love what you said because what we find with our women uh, clients that are they're all spectacular, they're all amazing for the most part, is to your point, they don't feel comfortable going to raise their hand. And say, because it, they do feel like, well, you know, it took me so long to get here. If I should they, know that already. Yeah. Why didn't I learn this already? Right. Or will it be perceived as a weakness? <laughs> um, and so uh, we tell them, no, to your point, which I think is salient, it's not a weakness. It's a strength to be able to raise your hand and say, hey, I'm doing some things incredibly well. There's some other things that I need help on and, and, and proactively seek that help out. I think it's powerful. Yeah. I always tell them, you tell women, don't say I need help. 
just say, you know, Christopher, when you do this, it's like so, it looks easy for you. Can you just show me how to do it? I just asked you for help, but I didn't say, can you help me? Yes. And you're going to be so excited to help me, or you're not. And if yes. you're not, then you're not my person. Exactly. And if you are. You, you'd be amazed, though, Judy, at the number of people that you go to them and just say, hey, to your point, I think you do this exceptionally well. I think I can learn a lot from you. Can I buy you a coffee and a cherry Danish on Friday so I can learn how you're doing this right. and how I can implement that? What we know universally is people love talking about themselves. And if you tell them, hey, you're amazing. Can you help me? People are very anxious to help out. And to your point, the 5% of people that say no, no, They're thank you. Yeah. yeah, keep moving. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people, you know, <laughs> when you go to a networking event, I always say you have to meet three amazing people. That's my goal. Always three amazing. And then I will walk up to you and say, Christopher, I was looking to meet three amazing people, and you're one of them. The first thing you're thinking is, oh, she thinks I'm amazing. I wonder why. But you better not say, I think you're amazing, until you have the reason to say you're amazing. Absolutely. Because otherwise you get caught in that. Absolutely. Okay, question for you. What are the top two or three things that you are really focused on for this year? In other words, what do you still want to accomplish? Yeah, in 2023, we're very focused on expanding uh, our team because we've got some great consultants and some great uh, folks that are part of my team, but we're growing rapidly. And so today, a lot of my Fortune 500 accounts will say, hey, Chris, we want you to come in and present. And I can't be everywhere all the time right now. So to be able to expand the team is critically important. And we're also starting to put content online. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can't physically come in or you may be, you know, it doesn't work for you and your organization, you can receive some of that content online. So those are the two most critical things that we're working on this year. Like I said, 95%, 98% of our clients know me personally, and which is great. Um, but we, we got to look for meaningful ways to grow and expand as well. Yeah, and that's where the scaling comes in. It yes, can't all it can't all be you. Cannot. And that's the hard part. But yes, then, you know, it's like, okay, who do I which who do I give up? Let's see. Okay, I'm not gonna do Coke, I'm gonna let you do Coke. And it has to be the right people also. Exactly. You and I have talked about this that when exactly. you when, when you offer the wrong person on your team, it's a reflection on you. And then they come back and say, No, no, I only want you now. You touched on it eloquently. Every one of our clients has a learning and development group. I mean, they're all Fortune 500. We don't have, every client that we have is a Fortune 500 account, right? So they all have their own learning and development group. They brought our team in because they said, hey, Christopher has done this for 25 plus years. He didn't learn this in yes, New York right. six months ago. Yeah. So he can go wherever you want to go, talking about leadership, communication, teamwork, motivation. He can, he can shut down the PowerPoint, just have an hour conversation about whatever you guys want to talk about. So it's a different level of intellectual capital, number one. Number two is you really have to be, be able to make that connection with, with, with yeah. those folks and understand. But to your point, if, if they invest and they, they pull 22 senior vice presidents in for a four-hour workshop and you don't knock it out of the park, somebody comes in and doesn't bring that energy, doesn't bring that passion, doesn't bring that knowledge, you're not going to get another shot. <laughs> if you put somebody in front of 22 senior vice presidents from Coke, uh, you better make sure they're the right person. Absolutely. 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 Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> well, I know you're very selective, so that's always good. Not picky, selective. Yes, ma'am. Different words. So if, uh, not if, but when our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, Christopher.plumley at elevatestrategyinc.com. Okay. Uh, we will come in and uh, consult, do a phenomenal job. We really get under the covers and go ask the third and fourth layer questions. 
Uh, we do a phenomenal job of making sure that we understand what you're trying to get accomplished, where your team is today. And then we do a phenomenal job on the follow-up to make sure that your team is implementing and executing on the change that they that they consented to and they agreed to. So, uh, but Christopher uh, Christopher.plumley at elevatestrategyinc.com. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and talk about how we can help your organization. And a cheese Danish? Cherry. Typically, oh, cherry. Typically cherry. Now, if a client wants cheese, we can accommodate them as well, Judy. You know that. I know. You're very flexible there. We can be very malleable <laughs> on the Danish, Judy. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a pleasure, Christopher, really. <laughs> we always have fun when we're together. <laughs> We've known each other for years. Forever. Really, forever. And we do, I mean, it's just... You know, we've been on stages together. We've done just great things. So I know 2023 is going to be exceptional for the two of us. Well, I will tell you, you're one of my favorite people. Yay. Because um, you, you, all the stuff I talk about, um, you know, listening, communication, uh, empathy, uh, really understanding your clients. You get that. And you're amazing at what you do. And it was a real privilege to hang out with you. I know we're going to do some incredible things in 2023. And I'm excited to see uh, where this year takes us. Absolutely. So let's go. Let's yeah. get after it. I'm ready. I'm ready. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll see you the next time when we have another special male or female. doesn't matter, but they're going to be exceptional people. So we'll see you next time. Bye.